You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a Bible Doctrine series by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. All right, we're going to continue our series that we started just last week. So if you weren't here last week, you missed it, but... For your sakes, I'm going to do a review. All right? We're going to review some of the highlights of last week's message to get you up to speed. We had such a small group here last Wednesday night. Uh, Sunday morning, we really had a small group. And uh, I guess just everyone's taken off uh, this time of year. So uh, just make sure when you go on vacation, you don't take a vacation from the Lord. All right, let's get right into our study here this evening. Each week I'm going to be putting up a different verse that pertains to uh, angels. Um, Maya, thank you. Uh, Okay. You can't see it, but my back screen is flashing off and on, so uh, unless it stays on. Okay, stop that. (laughs) All right, I may have to be looking around here, so... Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you here tonight as we look at the subject of angels once again and we delve into all that you have to say in your word. We thank you for the vast amount of information that you have given us concerning the angels, who they are, their ministry among us, why you created them. And so, Lord, as we come before you here this evening, give us a deeper appreciation for your word and for these majestic creatures uh, that you have created for your honor and your glory and also to minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. Andrew, you're going to fix it for me? Look at that man up there. He's an angel in disguise. It's a good disguise, okay. All right, so here's the verse... Start out with each uh, tonight. Every week, I'm going to start out with a different verse. Maybe you remember the one from last week, but let's read this one together. Luke chapter 15 and verse 10. Ready? Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. If you don't think repentance is important for salvation, there's a good verse right there for you. So when someone gets saved. The angels get excited about that, right? They rejoice in heaven. Think about that. When you got saved, when you repented of your sin and asked the Lord to come into your heart, the angels of God rejoiced over that. Let's give them a lot to rejoice about. So now what we're doing is looking at what the Bible says about angels, because just about everything you hear about angels is what? It's false. It's wrong. All right? People have a lot of made-up ideas about angels. If you were here last week, we went and looked at some of the different ideas there are out there in religion itself and what Islam believes and Buddhism believes and so on. But what does the Bible teach us about angels? I'm thankful that we have a book of authority that we can go to and say, thus saith the Lord. So now it's time for that short little review. You know why it's short? Because we've only had one lesson so far. But I really do want to hit some of the highlights here. (laughs) 
Andrew, Andrew, don't worry about it. I'll just operate off of the front ones here. Okay? What's that? It's your boss? Okay. His boss isn't here. Okay. All right. This is a very important verse. God wants us just to memorize <laughs> this verse here tonight. So maybe that'll just stay up there and uh, we'll work off this side. So let's look at what the uh, Bible has to say about angels. You remember this from last week. 34 books of the Bible speak about angels 281 times. They are mentioned 106 times in the Old Testament, 174 times in the New Testament. I think it's interesting that the New Testament, although very much shorter than the Old Testament, has much more to say about angels than the Old Testament does. We talked about their origin last week. Angels, like everything else in the universe, were created by God through the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there are the verses that substantiate that. Uh, the method of their origin, angels like men were a direct creation of God, a direct specific act of God whereby he created them. So each angel is therefore a direct creation of God, and we'll get into that tonight because tonight we're going to talk about the nature of angels. What is the nature of the angels? The Bible said in Psalm 146, verse 2 through verse 5, it says, Praise ye him, all his what? Angels. Praise ye him, all his host. For he commanded, and they were what? Created. Now let me ask you a question. Uh, it's coming up here in a slide, but let me ask you a question. When did God create the angels? Before or after he created the earth? Before, before he created the earth. Before he created man. Do we know how much time before the creation of the earth he created angels? No, we have no idea. The Bible doesn't tell us. But sometime before the creation of the world and Adam and Eve and everything that we know today, the angels were created. So here's the time of their origin. Uh, this is what uh, the Lord said to Job. He said, uh, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding when the morning stars. Today we're going to see why angels are likened unto stars or possibly why they're likened unto stars. The morning stars sang together and all the sons of God, angels throughout the Old Testament are also addressed as the sons of God because they were a direct creation of God, thus the sons of God shouted for joy. So in this passage of scripture, we see very clearly that God declares that angels were created prior to the creation of the earth, but we don't know the time. Now, not only are there good angels, but there are also what? There are bad angels. I mean, there's some really, really bad angels, all right? Some angels were so bad that God had to take them and chain them under the great river Euphrates. Do you remember that from the study of the book of Revelation? And those four, I mean, they're probably the four most wicked angelic beings ever, are changed, and they're let out during the last half of the tribulation period to do great damage here on earth. I mean, because they are real. I'm, can you imagine? They've been chained all that period of time uh, in the abyss. So anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. There are these evil angels. These are the ones that followed Satan in his rebellion. His uh, Satan's tail drew a third part of the stars, the angels of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. So he has a lot of demons now, right? to do his bidding, and they're very active. Actually, the Bible teaches us that the closer we draw to the coming of Christ, the more active these 
evil angels, these demons, are actually going to be on the earth. We see a lot of activity in the scriptures, but I'm telling you, a lot of things that are going on today, I believe, are a direct connect to the dark side, but we label them different ways. Okay? Uh, but they're very active, and he just cast them uh, to the earth. And you may remember this passage of scripture there in Revelation chapter 12, when there was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels, that'd be the good angels, fought against the dragon, and his angels, those would be the bad angels, and who won? Michael won, and they were forever cast out of heaven. A uh, question was asked last week when we talked about how there's no more angels being created and angels will not die. How come there's, this war was going on? I thought it was kind of an interesting question. I think Levi asked that question. Uh, it doesn't say that the angels are killed. They're in this battle. They're just cast out of heaven. And the Bible says these angels kept not their first estate. We're going to talk about that more tonight. So keep that in your mind. They rebelled against God. They kept not the first estate in which they were created. What was the estate in which they were created? They were created in a state of holiness. And they sinned against that estate and became evil angels. The Bible said, for if God spared not the angels, that what? The sin. Who were the angels that sinned? Those that followed Satan in his rebellion. And then we looked at the purpose of their creation. Uh, I love Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. The Bible says all things were created by him and what? For him. All things, visible and invisible. All things were created by him and for him. Now, were you created by God? You were created by him and you were created what? For him. Were you created for yourself? Mm -mm. You were created for God and we must always keep that in our mind. The same reason the angels were created, the same reasons that God created and saved you. It says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created how many things? All, All things, including angels, and for thy what? Pleasure. pleasure. You were created for what? Pleasure. Not your own pleasure. You were created for his pleasure. So the question always has to be in our mind, does this please God? It's what I'm engaged in, it's what I'm doing, and where I'm going, and how I'm spending my money, and what I'm investing in. Does all this, does it please the Lord? Angels were created uh, to worship him. The Bible said that all the angels of God worship him. Were we created to worship him too? Absolutely, we were. The Bible says uh, angels were created to serve and to obey him. Were we created to serve and obey him? Listen to this verse. I love this verse. Bless the Lord, ye angels that excel in strength. We'll talk about that tonight as well. That do his what? Commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So they do, they follow, they obey. Angels were also created to minister to us. Okay? Have you ever had an angel minister to you? How many think they have had? Okay, only a few of you think you have had. I want to tell you here, angels have ministered to you and you had no idea about it. Okay? And it was really kind of an amazing thing how we got into uh, Speedway tonight. And as this whole thing of angels are on my mind, I can't help but thinking, God, God just helped us along, sent that angel uh, to get us to where we needed to be. The Bible says, the angel of the Lord does what? Encampeth round about them that fear him, and he does what? He delivers them. So there's a protection of the angel. How many of you here fear the Lord tonight? Well, if you don't fear the Lord, you better. 
All right? The angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him. That's why I said we've all had angels minister to us, but we just don't recognize it. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2, it says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained what? Angels. Is it possible for angels to manifest themselves, even though they're spirit beings, even though usually they're invisible, is it possible for them to manifest themselves in such a way that you can't even recognize that they're an angel? That they look just like a person. Yeah. Kind of interesting, isn't it? For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all of thy ways. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? You are an heir of salvation. Okay, now I'm going to ask you again. How many of you have ever been ministered to by an angel? That's what it says here, right? It's either God's word is true or it is not. He also says in Psalm uh, 104 verse for, he said, who maketh his uh, angels, spirits, his ministers, a flaming fire. Now, we're going to get into this in just a moment. There's so much we're going to be doing here tonight after we get past this review. For the sake of all you who weren't here and for the sake of you who were here but forgot everything I taught you last week. God uses, listen, both good and evil angels in judgment as well. So as they are ministering to us, sometimes he sends angels to bring judgment. And we're going to talk about that. It, when I really started into that and started studying that, I found today 27 places in the Bible where it specifically said that God used an angel to bring a judgment. Now, we're not going to look at all 27, okay? But I am going to give you some examples of that here tonight. What's this a story of? Balaam. Okay. What could Balaam not see that his donkey saw very clearly? The angel with the flaming fiery sword. You may remember the, the, the donkey stopped and he whacks the donkey over the head and, and tries to get the donkey to move forward a little bit. And the donkey moves forward a little bit and then crushes his foot against the wall. Remember the story? It's kind of a comical story. And he smacks that old... Uh, uh, donkey upside the head again with his cane, and uh, then the donkey turns around and talks to him. Now, I want to tell you something about that story. If my donkey turned around and talked to me, I'm not talking back to him. Are you with me there? I'm like, I'm out of there. I don't talk to donkeys. But he gets in this conversation with the donkey, and the donkey tells him what a good donkey he's been and how he's served him all this time, and then God opens his eyes and he sees the angel of the Lord standing there with the flaming fiery sword trying to keep him from going to curse the children of Israel. It's a, it's a fascinating story how the Lord used this angel here. So tonight, uh, we're going to look at the nature of angels just in a minute. But this is something that I wasn't able to get into last week. I want to talk about a little bit more. So both good and evil angels were used by God throughout the scripture. Like I said, I found about 27 places, uh, as I was studying this, as instruments to bring judgment. Here in Isaiah chapter 37, there's a story about the Assyrians who encompassed, the, how many remember that story? The Assyrians encompassed the city, 
And just let me read it. It says, For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And the angel of the Lord went forth and smote the camp of the Assyrians and a hundred and four score and five, a hundred and eighty-five thousand. Can you believe that? That angel slaughtered a hundred and eighty-five thousand of the Assyrians. Uh, and they rose up in the morning. They were all dead corpses. Now, quickly, the story behind that is the Assyrians were like conquering every nation upon the face of the earth. They had the most powerful ruling army. And so they come down to Israel and they surround Jerusalem. And does anybody remember who the king was at this time? Hezekiah. Okay. Was king. And... He has conversation with Isaiah the prophet, and what do they do? Does anybody remember? They pray. Because they really have no way to defend themselves. They pray and ask the Lord to intervene on their behalf. And the Lord did intervene and destroyed the Assyrian army uh, with that mass massacre uh, of the Assyrians. It's, it's amazing what, what one angel can do. You don't think angels are powerful. One angel smote 185,000. <clears> Here's another time that angels were used in uh, judgment. And this was upon not a heathen power, but this was upon the children of Israel themselves. And God sent an angel into Jerusalem to destroy it because of their sin. And as he was destroying, the Lord beheld and he repented him of the evil that he said to the angel that destroyed. It is enough. Enough destruction has been done. Stay now thy hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Oran the Jebusite. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel, who were clothed in sackcloth, fell on their faces. Guess what? Do you think you'd be on your face too? Absolutely. Church family, if we could only see into the spirit world. If we could only see what goes on when the preaching of the gospel takes place. You've heard me say it before. Satan comes to church. The evil angels are here. And they do everything they could do to thwart God. Remember as the seed is sown, all those birds... Referring to Satan and the demons come and they steal away the seed lest it bring forth fruit. I see it happen all the time. But they fell on their face and the Lord stayed the judgment. Here's, here's another one. This is where now David is asking the Lord to protect him uh, through a destroying angel. Let them be confounded and put them to shame that seek after my soul. David had a lot of enemies. Listen, you live for God, you're going to have a lot of enemies. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chaff before the wind. And let the angel of the Lord uh, chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery. And let the angel of the Lord do what? Persecute them. So he's praying to God, God, would you send the angel to come and help me and take care of me and protect me and drive my enemies away from me. Here, if you record, if we go back to the book of the Revelation, we find at the end of the age where the harvest of the earth takes place, 
Revelation chapter 14. Who does the Lord use to do the reaping of the earth? To the, remember how he gathers an, uh, the grapes in a wine press of the wrath of Almighty God? Who does he use to do that harvesting? Use the angels to do that harvesting work. Remember, the blood flows to the height of the horse's bridles out of the wine press of the wrath of God, harvested, reaped by these angels that God sends. And there's the passage of scripture for that. Satan is also used. Of course, he's an evil angel, right? He's one of the evil, he's a top dog, but he's uh, one of the evil angels. He is also used in judgment upon believers. Now, in this context, we have a man in the church that was living in some very terrible sin. He was living in an incestuous relationship with his mother. That's about as bad as you can get. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, we have some terrible sexual perversion today. It's going on. I thank the Lord that President Trump came out and said, transgenders are not going to serve in the service. My goodness, has he taken the heat for that one there. And then they're coming out to say, well, there's 6,000 transgenders in the military right now. What's he going to do with them? First of all, I don't even believe that. I mean, the transgender community is like one-third of one percent of all the population. So, we need to pray for our president. Thank the Lord for that good stand he took. And, uh, but anyway, here's a man living in an incestuous relationship with his father's wife. Now, maybe it wasn't his mother, biological mother, but he's living with his father's wife is what the Bible says, so maybe his stepmother, it's, it's bad. And they're coming to church and acting like nothing's wrong. No church discipline was being exercised. The Apostle Paul about hit the roof when he heard about it. Remember? He said, I don't, I don't even have to be there to know how wicked this is. Put away from yourself that wicked person. Deliver him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. The spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So Satan is actually used to bring discipline upon a wayward believer that will not repent. I'm going to tell you something. If you were delivered over to Satan, that is a scary thing. For someone who that, oh, well, go ahead, do it, you know. Now, the end of that story was the man repented. We know that from the second epistle. And Paul said, restore him, bring him back, you know, because he has repented. But we talked about the different types of angels. We talked about the archangels, Michael and Gabriel. We'll study uh, each one of these angels and their role or ministry. We talked about the cherubims. We talked about the seraphims. Uh, we talked about the ruling angels. There's different ranks of angels, principalities, powers, rulers. Um, there's guardian angels. And uh, we talked about the angel of the Lord that appears throughout the Old Testament. I personally believe that the angel of the Lord was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ uh, because this is the only angel that ever received worship. All the other angels, when they were worshipped, they immediately rejected worship, but the angel of the Lord uh, did accept worship. So 
in the future, we will, we will look forward to studying each one of these angels and what their ministry is. So now tonight, we're going to be looking at the nature of angels. What, what is their nature? What is their, what is their makeup? Well, they are spirit beings. Uh, we know that because the Bible says they're spirits. Who maketh his angels what? Spirits. It says, and of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation? So the Lord makes it very clear that angels are spirit beings. We're talking about this, the spirit world here. He, and listen, this is what Jesus said here. I came across this verse and I thought, wow, this is, this is great. Behold my hands and my feet after his resurrection, that it is I myself handle me and see for a what? A spirit. Now here, here we go. A spirit hath not flesh and bones. Now, did Jesus have blood? No. This is his resurrected body. He had flesh he had bones, no mention of blood, because blood is that which carries, right, sin nature. Um, For a spirit hath not flesh and blood, as ye see me have. So Christ informed us that spiritual beings uh, do not possess flesh and they do not possess blood. Now, does this mean that angels do not have a body? I want to throw something at you that a lot of people never think about. If you were to die right now and go to heaven, would you have a body? How many say yes, you'd have a body? How many would say no, you would not have a body? How many would say, I don't know whether you have a body? (laughs) Okay, we got a third, a third, a third. Okay. We do not receive our glorified bodies until when? The rapture, right? The resurrection. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So if we were to die right now and go and be with the Lord, we don't have our glorified bodies yet. But we would be spirit beings. Okay? So what kind of body would we have in heaven? We would have a spirit body. All right? Now, let's see what the Bible says about these different kinds of bodies that we would have. We wouldn't have our resurrection body yet, not until after the rapture. It says there are also celestial bodies and there are terrestrials. But the glory of the celestial is one, the glory of the terrestrial is another. So a celestial body pertains to the sky or heaven, the universe beyond the earth, not earthly, heavenly, celestial. Then the terrestrial body relates to earth and the inhabitants on earth. So you have a heavenly body and you have an earthly body, a celestial and a terrestrial. So what kind of body would angels have? They'd have a celestial body. So, the rapture, okay? The rapture takes place. You looking forward to the rapture? Sound of the trumpet. Let's go. Let's get out of here. It says, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon. There's another glory of the stars, and one star differeth from another star in glory. And that is so true. When you go and look at the stars at night, some are very dim, some are very bright, some are very beautiful, some are, you very faintly see them. It says, so also is the resurrection of the dead, that which will happen at the sound of the trumpet. It is sown in what? Okay, what kind of body is corrupt? A terrestrial body. Okay. It's sown in corruption. It is raised in? What kind of body is that? A celestial body. It is sown in dishonor. 
Which one? Terrestrial. It is uh, sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Okay, celestial. It's sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a what? It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. As it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, that's Christ, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards, that which is spiritual. So we have our natural body. One day we'll have our spiritual body. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven, the Lord Jesus, heavenly. As the earthly, such are they also that are earthly. And as the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. So will we have blood running through our veins when we get to heaven? No. Will our flesh be changed? What kind of flesh will it become? It will become a celestial flesh. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment and twinkle of an eye at the last trump. For the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised. What? Incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on an incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, this mortal shall put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, because of all this, think about the future. Think about how you're going to be. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be what? Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't quit. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Church family, something better is coming. Amen? Amen? Something better is coming for the believer. Now, here we're going to test how well you know the scriptures. I'm sure glad one side works. Aren't you? Yeah. It'd been a really short message if the other side didn't work. On two specific occasions, and see if you can these. I'm going to give you pictures. Okay, two specific occasions. Angels are described as visible, they're in bodily form, even though they're what kind of beings? They're spirit beings, but they're appearing in fleshly form, and they're able to partake of food. Now, the first picture that we have here, you should come up with this one right away. Abraham and Sarah, and she's in the tent, and what message did the angels give her? She's going to have a baby, and she's back there laughing. Mm -hmm. How many of you ladies are past the age of childbearing? Let me... Okay, what would you think if Pastor came up to you tonight and said, I got a message from the Lord for you. You're going to have a baby. <laughs> You'd say amen? I'd say, oh my, is what I would say. All right, so they have a meal. Right? These angels sit down and they have a meal. Now, this is a little bit more difficult until I put the second picture up. Another time when angels went and were welcomed into a home and the wife prepared a meal for them. Huh? 
I put the next picture up. Lot. Okay? And as they escaped out of uh, Sodom. Uh, again, these angels had a meal with them and told them, you, you better get out of here. Remember how the wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. Okay? So in, in, even though they're spirit beings, they can manifest themselves in physical form, they can eat food. Okay? Now, are we going to be able to eat, and does the Bible say anything about us eating in heaven? Yes. Hallelujah. Heaven would not be heaven. <laughs> yeah. How many here ever eat at McDonald's? Okay. Isn't that depressing when you move into, when you, not move, you uh, drive? Thank you, son. When you drive into, remember I said if I ever start doing stuff like that, get me out of the pulpit? <laughs> you drive into McDonald's and it has the calorie counts up there. Don't you just feel like the greatest sinner in all the world by ordering one of those? But yeah, we're going to eat in heaven. We're going to enjoy it too. On another occasion, there's an angel. See if you can come up with this one before I put the scripture on. There's an angel that applies physical force to someone. No? Well, I guess Jacob wrestling with the Lord. That's one. This is a New Testament account. <laughs> Phil, why don't you say that? Okay, which one is it, Phil? Peter in prison. All right. This, this is really a cool story here. And, man, our time is going so quickly. I'm, I'm not going to read it all, but remember how Peter's in prison. The church is praying that he would be delivered from prison and Peter's just sleeping away. He's sound asleep. And the angel has to go down and say, wait, wait, Peter, wake up. We're getting out of here. And uh, Peter's like, what? What? And Peter thinks he's, having a, thinks he's having a dream. And the angel physically helps him escape from, I uh, thought this was a great picture. Isn't that a great artist description, you know, of the soldiers there sleeping and the angels say, come on, Peter, let's go. Then remember how Peter is knocking at the door and Rhoda comes to the door. And... Great. Bible's a great book, isn't it? It's a great book. Uh, now, it really is rare occasions. Because you think of how big the book, the Bible is, how many years it covers, it really is a very rare occasion when angels manifest themselves. You know, most of the time they are invisible. So I'm sitting at my desk and I'm, I'm saying, okay, why does God only on very, 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 very rare occasions allow angels to manifest themselves? And why do they most always do their work in the invisible spirit world? I'm going to share with you what I felt the Lord said to me. I don't know. This is one of those my opinion things. But does anyone have maybe an idea, Jim? That is exactly what I thought. If these angels were always manifesting themselves, and by the way, there's a ton of them, people already worship angels, right? 
if you come from Catholicism, you know that. People already worship them. You could imagine if they were manifesting themselves on a regular basis. And so that was my idea. And the, the Bible absolutely forbids the worship of angels. I, in, I'm going to tell you something, folks. I don't get it. When the Bible says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them or worship them, any graven image, I don't get it when that is practiced in religion. It's just so clear in the Bible that we don't do that. <coughs> um, so here are two times in Revelation, John back to back, out of all he experienced there on the island of Patmos and how the angel was revealing all the, this prophecy to him. Uh, in chapter 19, verse 10, he bows down to worship the angel. What does the angel do? Stop it. Get up. Stop. And then just a couple chapters later, in chapter 22, what does he do? He's doing it again. What does the angel do? Stop it. Don't do this. I'm a, I'm a fellow servant just like you. Worship God. Now, we touched on this last week, how angels are innumerable. Now, does God know how many angels there are? He certainly knows. He created every one of them. Uh, but as far as we're concerned, they are innumerable. We, we could not put a number uh, to the amount of angels that there are. The Bible calls them an innumerable company. Uh, there may be as many angels as there are stars in heaven. That may be a reason why angels are referred to as stars. Okay, And if that is the case, there's trillions of them. You think of all the galaxies. That would mean there are literally trillions of angels that God has created. Okay, now, my mind is going. Dangerous thing. Okay? But my mind is going, I'm meditating, I'm thinking about all this. I love to approach the scriptures that way. Okay, okay. if there's innumerable number, the stars of heaven, there could be trillions of these. Uh... I thought about the demoniac. At Gadara. Remember how he lived among the tombs and he cut himself and he ran around naked all the time and everyone is always afraid of him and they try to chain him and he break the chains because he had so many demons in him. The Bible said he had within him a legion of demons. That's 6,000. Imagine one man possessed by 6,000 demons. I'm like, 6,000? That's a lot of demons. That means Satan was able to say, ah, here's 6,000, you know, go take care of this one man. That just kind of tells you how many were at Satan's disposal. And the Lord has two-thirds as many as Satan has. <clears throat> the Bible says uh, here about the Lord Jesus, it says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit. This is reference to the Lord Jesus when he comes in his glory and sits upon the throne of his glory, whose garment is white as snow. His hair, his head were like pure wool, almost a direct connection to how the Revelation sees him. His throne was like a fiery flame, and his wheels, uh, this goes back to Ezekiel, saw the wheels, remember? As burning fire, a fiery stream issued forth and came from before him. Thousands of thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, and judgment was set, and the books were opened. Obviously, the judgment seat of Christ referred to there. 
It says, And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the number of them was what? 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. The chariots of God are 20,000. It'll be interesting to see the chariots of God when we get to heaven. There's 20,000 chariots of God in heaven and thousands of angels. Here's another interesting passage. We just kind of read over it because we're not really thinking about angels. But as you think about angels, this is where Jesus is arrested in the garden. And Peter takes out his sword and Jesus said, put up your sword. Okay, he cuts off Malchus's ear. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to the Father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? Peter, I don't need you and your sword. Right? I can have more than 12 legions of angels here right now to deliver me. Can I tell you something? That is super cool. Now, if I was Jesus, they'd be there. Right? Praise the Lord for Jesus. Amen? For what he did for us. All hail the power of Jesus' name. So, here's my mind going. If we're going to be in heaven, and there's going to be all of these angels in heaven. Okay? Now I'm I'm putting scripture with scripture. Okay? What is our interaction with these spirit beings going to be for all of eternity? Obviously, we're going to bump into them. Right? There's a lot of them there. We're going to bump into them. So we're going to have some interaction with them. All right, here's kind of where I'm going with this. The Bible said that in the ages to come, he, the Lord Jesus, might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. How many of you here are saved? You know what we are? We are a trophy of God's grace. A trophy of God's grace. Why, would, why in the world would he reach down in his mercy and grace and save someone like you and me? We didn't deserve it. Trophies of all that he went through on the cross for our salvation. Now, I want to put this with some other verses. Let's let's throw it into its context. I highlighted the verse to put it in the context that it's in. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, and hath raised us up together, raised us up, and made us sit together in what? Heavenly places in Christ. One day we're going to be in heavenly places with our Savior. Now is where the verse comes in. That in the ages to come. What's the age to come? Heaven. Right? That in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. The exceeding riches of his grace in who? Us. Who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. For by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of work. You know what we're going to be doing for eternity? We're going to be going around telling the angels all about the grace of God and why we're there. We are going to be glorifying the Lord. When was the last time you told somebody about the grace of God and what the grace of God did for you and how the grace of God saved and forgave you of your sin? We very seldom ever even tell anyone about what God has done for us. But you know what we're going to be doing in heaven? We're going to be telling it to the angels. Here in First Peter, we referred to this last week as well. 
of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the what? Grace, the saving grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ was then to signify when he testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow his death, resurrection, and then his glorious kingdom. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost, set down from heaven. And then it adds this, which things the angels desire to look into. The angels would love to figure out this whole thing about the grace of God. They are puzzled about it. But one day we, could, we get to inform them about it. That is just an amazing thing to think about. So there's little doubt in my mind that we will be displaying the grace of God uh, to the angels for their benefit. Uh, so they can even more glorify the Lord. Um, <clears throat> I already mentioned that. So here's a picture of us and the angels in heaven. And you know what we're doing? We're just giving glory to the Lord for all that he has done for us. The Bible said to the praise of his glorious grace. Why don't we just praise him now? Why don't we just get in practice now for what we're going to be doing in heaven for all eternity? Um... I'm going to have to stop here. Otherwise, I'm going to keep you another 20 minutes. Okay? And uh, you okay? You all want to go another 20 minutes? How many want to go another 20 minutes? Say amen. Amen. All right. How many want to stop? Well, I'm going to... <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. The angels... We'll finish up with this. The angels possessed, and this, this goes back, Jim, I think, mentioned this last week. We had a little back and forth last week. And he mentioned, you know, if we were all created with different personalities, then probably God created the angels all differently as well. Aren't you glad we're all different? Amen. Could you imagine going to heaven and having a trillion angels all the same? It would be boring, you know? We're all, we're all different. Okay, so the angels, you know, we're talking about the nature of angels. Angels possess personality just like, just like we do because they have intelligence. Okay, Daniel talked about how the angel Gabriel came and I underlined it here. It says he informed me and talked with me. Angels are extremely intelligent. And so to have personality, you have to be in somewhat intelligent. Definitely different levels of that. But what's, what makes you a person? Angels possess emotion. Okay? The verse we just looked at, they desire to look into this whole thing about salvation, why God would save us. They're, they have desire. They display joy. We, we come across the angels rejoicing and singing. And uh, Remember there at the birth of Christ? Right? Oh, singing and... Praising the Lord there. Glory to God in the highest. <clears throat> Angels also cohabitated with women. Now, how many have ever heard about this before? This is Genesis chapter 6. This is 
kind of way out there. But there were evil angels that came to this earth and saw the daughters of men. And let's just read what the Bible says. And it came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Now we're only in Genesis chapter 6. The da- that daughters were born of them, that the sons of God saw that sons of God, these are the angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all they chose. Now, the only thing I can think is that the, their spirit beings, they must have possessed the bodies of evil men. And then, of course, I'm reading into scripture here, trying to fill in the blank. But in my estimation, that's probably what happened. They possessed the bodies of evil men, and they cohabitated with these women. Now, it says as a result of this cohabitation, it says there were what? Giants. Yep, the Nephilims. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, the sons of God came and unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men, strong powerful, uh, men of old, men of renown, and God saw what? They were wicked. They were kind of like human and demons. Saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination of his thought was only evil continually. These are the angels who would fall in that category. They kept not their first estate. And so because of this, God did what? Yeah. One of the reasons for the flood was the destruction of that race, that human demon race. And he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Angels also possess a will. Um, they kept not their first estate. They made that decision. The angels that sinned, they chose. This is a artist's portrayal of Satan and his rebellion. And the angels talking about should they, should they not rebel? And should they follow Satan? Of course, we know that many of them did. We know the five I wills of Satan. I will. So obviously, demons possess a will. In their will, they followed, one-third of them followed Satan in his rebellion and were cast to the earth. Now, from that point, and that we really got into this last week, okay? From that point on, the good angels are referred to as faithful, holy, and elect. The evil angels are referred to as the devil and his angels, so this is the question that we wrestled around last week, okay? And I'm not going to go through this tonight. If you weren't here last week, go back online. You can listen to the message. But can fallen angels repent and be forgiven? Our answer was no. And here's some of the reasons that we put up last week. We went through that. It's an interesting verse here. It says, uh, Then shall he say unto them on his left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Say it with me. Prepared for the devil and his angels. All right? We find no, no evidence of angels ever, these evil angels that followed Satan ever repenting. Then the question is asked, are angels in heaven able to commit sin today? And our answer was, 
No, because in every reference we have here, they're referred to now as in a state of holiness. So those that chose were confirmed in a fallen state. Those who chose to follow the Lord and not Satan were confirmed into a state of holiness. Uh, Angels are superior to, to man because of the fall. If it wouldn't have been for the fall, I believe that we would have been superior to angels. But because of the fall, angels are superior to us. Uh, they are stronger than we are. The Bible talks about how they excel in strength, how they are mighty angels, how they have power and how they have might. So they're obviously stronger than any man. They're also smarter than any man. They inform us and teach us and give us skill and understanding. They make us to understand. These are uh, quotes from Daniel and his encounter with Gabriel. They are also swifter than men. You think you can run fast? Huh? You never outrun an angel. Okay? The Bible talks about how swiftly these angels fly. So, that, so if they are spirit beings, they're not bound by the laws of gravity as we are bound or the confined in time. So obviously they're quite different than we are. So even though they're superior to us, they are inferior to who? They are inferior to God. All right? That's why they worship him. They are not omnipresent. Stay awake, we're almost done. Someone tell me, what does it mean to be omnipresent? Everywhere at the same time. Is God everywhere at the same time? Angels are not. They are not omnipotent. They are powerful, but they're not, they're not all powerful. And then we have another one here. They are not omniscient. What does that mean? They're not all-knowing. They're smart, but they are not all-knowing. Okay? And I want to end with this verse. Let's say it together. All things were created by him and for him. Isn't our study of angels interesting? Okay, so we've only just begun. We're two weeks into this. Uh, we're certainly not going to spend as much time as we did when we studied the doctrine of Satan. Okay, um, but we still have a few more weeks to go in our study of angels, and we'll be getting into looking at each one of them individually, what their ministries are. All right, let's uh, take our hymnal. Thank you for your patience tonight. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklay.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.